This week on Three Questions by Corey Kareem. As you go through the failures and stuff, you want to skip it. Mm -hmm. But they have informed so much of my decision-making process now. I don't think I would be the same person without them. All right, welcome back, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Three Questions by Corey Kareem, uh, the show where we sit down with some amazing people who are doing some amazing things. And you guessed it, we asked them three questions, uh, not about their successes, though, but rather about their failures or the lessons that they learned from those particular uh, experiences. Um, so with that being said, uh, today's uh, guest goes by the name of Reina Noriega. She's a visual artist. Uh, she's an author of a book called In Bloom, which is on Amazon.com right now. And she's also an educator. Uh, so without further ado, Raina, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Corey, for having me. I'm super excited. I like the basis um, of this show. So um, so Raina, I know I gave you a pretty uh, lightweight intro. So for the people that don't know who you are, uh, why don't you give them a brief kind of elevated pitch or synopsis of who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, so I am a visual artist and that entails a lot of illustration, painting, graphic design. Um, basically, I create work on a personal level. Um, I try to depict women of color and just vibrant settings, you know, surrounded by joy as a way to combat the visuals of just like trauma and things that have been passed on for generations in our culture. Um, and, you know, just, just give us a sense of positive representation of what it looks like to live in a world where we're celebrated and, you know, joyful and a lot of the stressors that we have are not present. So mm -hmm. that's what I do on a personal level. Um, in collaborations with like companies, I help them to just elevate certain campaigns um, and to kind of like use the way that I use my art sometimes aligns with certain initiatives brands are doing and so you know they'll tap on my shoulder and, and say we need a mural or we need mm. um you know uh something a portrait of this person or whatever the case may be um just like elevate campaigns and things um and then in my writing i kind of find a way to share what i'm learning on my journey you know a lot of the the failures and, and pain and things that I've grown through. Mm -hmm. um, I have grown through them because I've seen the wealth of information that they give you. And I, I just by being surrounded by other people, I know uh, people tend to take that for granted and they think that they're just stuck or they think that life just sucks. Mm -hmm. um, and so it kind of allows me to have a blueprint for people to look at and say, like, I've been through similar situations, but this is what she made out of mm -hmm. um, those situations. Okay, so you, you you turn lemons into lemonade is, is basically what you do. <laughs> basically, basically. <laughs> All right, so let's, uh, Raina, let's get into it. So the, the first question I want to ask you is, you know, as a, as a visual artist, uh, an author, uh, an educator, uh, what has been your biggest failure to date? Tell me about that moment and why do you believe it's your biggest failure? Um, so when I first heard that question, an instance that something that happened to me when I was, you know, early into my freelancing journey stuck out to me. 
Um, I think there's been plenty of failures. There's been plenty of heartache and just things that felt like the end. But um, this one in particular was a major learning experience for me because at the time it was about, I want to say, um, like maybe six months into my full-time freelance journey. Mm -hmm. And it was my biggest opportunity at the time. You know, it was the first time looking back now, I know that it, it wasn't that big or that much money you know it was it was five thousand dollars for about 20 illustrations um aligned with a major hotel chain um and so now i know like if you do the math and it's like it was like 26 illustrations or something it's not that much money like i i had my work cut out for me but i was really excited about it um they had me sign an nda and stuff like that and so i made the mistake of i had like my to-do list on a post-it and I wrote down like then they didn't want the name of the new hotel released anywhere before it was released you know mm -hmm. but the word itself was very general water you know so mm -hmm. I for example I had on my my post-it note it said sketch water mm -hmm. something like that like just a basic word and so somebody from their team saw it, you know, on my story. I, I just kind of like, you know, you graze over it. Like, this mm -hmm. is what I'm doing today. And, you know, they they emailed mm -hmm. me immediately. Like, you need to take that down. And so I'm like, okay, I took it down. And, you know, they were supposed to give me some feedback for edits. And I didn't hear from anyone. And then like a couple hours went by and they're like, hey, like we had a talk with the higher ups and the legal team. And unfortunately that's a breach of the NDA and we have to terminate the contract and go in another direction. Wow. So me being so early in my freelancing career, first of all, I don't like making mistakes. I don't like being in the right. wrong. So I was embarrassed, um, sad that I messed up such like a big opportunity in my eyes. And, you know, it just kind of like, it, it just tainted the whole experience. I had a lot of self-doubt. I was like, wow, like, how could I be so stupid? Like, right. that's such a, a dumb mistake to make. But I, I ended up realizing that it was preparation for bigger things to come. And it was a mistake I'm glad I made early on. Um, because I'm sure even in your industry, like you get NDAs and stuff and you think like, mm -hmm. okay, of course, like, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going right. to show what I'm drawing, but you don't know the extent to which um, some companies can take these things. So it really taught me for like future endeavors to be very careful and to, you know, just protect certain things and to not put myself in that position. So looking back, I'm grateful. And I think after I had a good cry, um, I was like, okay, this is preparing me. If I ever work with Rihanna or Beyonce, like I have to be 10 times more careful. So this is just um, preparation. Right. And so was there anything particular you did in that moment to help you get over that kind of, you know, uh, mess up or mistake, if you will? Was there anything specific or you just kind of just went through it to and, and, and got through it? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a process. I think I cried. I did cry. I had a good cry. And then I told a friend about it and the, the Rihanna thing was something they said to me that, look, like this, you you have tons of big opportunities coming. So take this as a lesson and not as a failure. Mm -hmm. um, and then I kind of like snapped out and I was like, OK, that is true. Uh, fair enough. And so with that being said, um, from your actually tell me about a time when things weren't, you know, going your way and everything just 
seemed to be falling apart and nothing like nothing seemed to be working it was at all and it was kind of like murphy's law everything that could go wrong went wrong uh what'd you do to get over that specific time or event and and ultimately get through it um i think when you say that i think of teaching and towards the end of my teaching career because i loved i loved it so much it brought me so much joy and then it just got to the point where like i was getting roadblock after roadblock after roadblock mm. and that's when you know for the first time after um over three years that i thought like maybe i need to be doing something else maybe i need to go back to a different dream so it kind of taught me to pay attention i personally don't believe that um things things have to be like things should be hard you know like things are going to be challenging mm -hmm. but if something is like when you're faced with adversity if you're kind of like okay like what is the problem like is it that i don't have enough motivation is it because mm -hmm. i'm doing something wrong or is the universe telling me that this is not the space for me right now so mm -hmm. so that was um that was hard i mean looking back now i can say it as like a a positive thing but in the moment like i loved my students um i loved the freedom and like the respect that you kind of get as a teacher. It's not like your typical job where you clock in and your mm -hmm. boss is on your, you know, breathing mm -hmm. down your neck and you have to do this. Like it's very self-directed and it, it made me feel, um, it made me feel like an adult because I started when I was like 22. So right. it was my first adult job and it made me feel like mature and, and grown and ready for anything. So when that just started coming to the end and, and things started going wrong, I, I just, um, I had to look, I had to, you know, reevaluate where I wanted to be. And, and if that stress that was coming from it is something that I wanted to deal with. And if it was what kind of like growth would it bring for me? And like the answer was not enough because I think in my personal career now, if I hit a roadblock, if something's difficult, like I don't think, okay, is there a way out? I think, okay, how do I get over this hurdle? Like, what do I have to change? Um, Right. No, and I, I think you hit on something there. And so from speaking with you thus far, you strike me as someone who's very like introspective, like you, you take a look and you, so that situation you just described sounds like to me that, you know, you went with like a gut feeling and say, Hey, you know, I love teaching. I love working with students, investing into young minds, but you know, these roadblocks that I'm experiencing, you know, this is this is not the, the major goal for me right now. This is more like a stepping stone and you followed your gut feeling, which is mm -hmm. becoming a, a full time visual artist. So speaking of that gut feeling, um, a lot of us have that gut feeling and some people even refer to it as your second brain. Um, but the thing with gut feelings that I find is like there's often no in most cases, um, there's no concrete evidence. Sometimes it doesn't even seem to make sense logically, but you feel so strongly and passionate about it. So for things like that in your life, like, do you just, are you the type of person to just like jump right into it? Or do you kind of take baby steps? Cause you know, I'm going into the freelance world. Mm -hmm. It could be a big jump, especially if you're used to getting like a bi-weekly check or whatever that this yeah. is because that that is very challenging i always tell people i could not travel i didn't feel comfortable like eating out and doing mm -hmm. any of the things i used to enjoy once i went full-time freelance because you just don't know where mm -hmm. your next like 
um, your next commission is coming from or whatever the case is. But um, to answer your question, I'm definitely more of not even necessarily baby steps, but like a planner. Like I won't feel comfortable taking any type of leap if I know that I haven't put in the work to make sure that I'm ready for what I want to come from it. You know, and mm. that's a question I get a lot. People are like, how did you know when to quit your job? Or how mm. did you know you were ready? And it, it was in my head, it was never a question of like, when is the right time to do this? It's like, I want to do this. So this is what I'm doing in the meantime. I'm saving money. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, making alliances and friendships in the art world and my community. Mm -hmm. um, I am putting my work out there. I'm starting my website. Like I'm doing all of these things so that whenever the time does come, like mm -hmm. I, I'm not starting from nowhere. Like, okay, I quit my job. Now, how do I build a website? It's like, I already right. have a website. I already have clients. Like, when I quit my job, I can just take on more. I can right. do this differently, but it's not like, where am I going to start? Right, right. No, and I think that's 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 very clutch. What you just mentioned is you already started doing the work before jumping full-fledged in, which I know some people do, but I do like the calculated uh, approach. Um, so question number two, um, from your experience when teaching or from when, you're when you were teaching and working with uh, young women, uh, what are some common things you see, whether it be mentally or physically, holding young women back when it comes to starting or growing a business? Um, I think there's like three main things that mm. stick out to me. Um, one of them is waiting for a sign, you know, waiting for support, waiting to feel 100% ready. Um, and that kind of contradicts what I said before about just like the stepping stones and stuff. But I think that it comes to a place where you're also during that time developing your own confidence in yourself and your own belief that no matter what, you're going to make it happen, you know, and those mm -hmm. fears, and all of that. So what ends up happening is when people are not secure within themselves to know that, like, I know for a fact I'm going to do whatever it takes to make my dream come true they start looking to fill that void on the outside. So they're looking for support from friends and support from mm. families. And then that becomes like a sense of like where the excuses come from. Like, well, nobody supports me. Nobody wants to see me win in this way and, and mm. all of those things. And I think it's very important to first like be your own cheerleader mm -hmm. and know, like have confidence and know that you're going to do whatever it takes um, to make that come, come true because that support from the people you're looking for from may never come. And I think you still owe it to yourself to follow your dreams because your fan base may not be your family or your friends. They may right. be somewhere out there in the world really needing what it is that you want to build and what you want to create. Right. Um, and then I think people spend too much energy on the wrong things during their building period, um, whether it's, friendships or relationships or being in the party scene or all of these like unhealthy habits that end up clogging your like you're just your mental space of mm -hmm. being able to focus on your dream and like building that I think it's very important to be mindful of that um, because sometimes we don't notice you know it becomes normal mm -hmm. to live in a state where like you're gossiping with friends or you're constantly repeating patterns in relationships and so because it's your norm, you don't realize the time of your day that's eaten up, distracted by these things. Um, but once you get really serious about your goals and you have like a no tolerance um, for those distractions, you realize like 
how much time becomes just flexible and fluid and you can just do so much more um, because your mood is not being turned up and down like a roller coaster. Your time is not being eaten away because, you know, you're you're spending all Friday night and Saturday night in the club and then Sunday night you have to recover. Monday you're back at work and you're like, well, I have no time. So I think mm. it's very important to be mindful about the time, like where you're putting your time and your focus. Right, right. And I think you hit on a, on a few key th- a few key things there. So one, when you talk about a lot of people not being secure within themselves, the way that that translates to my brain is some people um, have a deep rooted fear of being alone and they might not vocalize it as being alone, but they need that validation. Right. And to your point, they have to be their biggest cheerleader. So you need to be able to validate yourself. And I think that just comes down to putting in the work so you gain confidence in your work. So there's something that's called the it's called the competence confidence loop. And it basically says whatever you're competent in. So you're a visual artist. So you're competent in that. The more you do that, the more confidence you gain. So therefore, you gain more security in yourself and therefore you have more belief in what you do. And so a lot of people are not putting in that time. So they're not becoming that competent. Therefore, they don't have that confidence and because they don't have that confidence. They're looking to get it from other other people. And then when you talk about, you know, uh, in the beginning, a lot of people putting their time and energy into the wrong things or the wrong resources, that to me translates to people often major in the minors and major, ma- uh, sorry, major in the minors and minor in the majors. The things that they should be focusing on, they don't allocate enough time towards. And that also just comes down to discipline, which I think a lot of people do lack. And as much as we all talk about, we want to be free and I want freedom and it's my choice, my body, whatever, but freedom doesn't come without discipline as we all know. Um, but thank you for answering all that. That was, that was amazing. Um, so one other thing I'd like to ask as a follow-up to that question is, um, are the failures that are in your, in your humble opinion, do you feel that the failures that women go through as creators or entrepreneurs are any different than men? Um, I think I think the challenges that women experience can be a little bit more just because the things that we already battle internally, mm-hmm. um, you know, when we talk about like women being afraid to ask for certain amounts of money or things like that, like things that men can be very comfortable with asserting themselves in that way, because I think society has affirmed them, you know, to, to stand up and to get their the proper pay and like they're expected to um, make more and stuff like that. I think it makes it easier for them um, because even like, as I look at my journey as a creative and just like figuring out what, um, what my worth is, I feel like it took me a lot longer than my male counterparts, like in the same industry to say like, oh, this is what this is worth. Like, this is, you know, like you, you have that kind of like um, that fear, like there's this expectation that, that it's like a blessing in itself that you're able to create for money. Mm. So like, how dare you then like ask for more? Right. Um, but yeah, I think, I think I've seen it in another way also because i've seen the benefit of being a woman entrepreneur just because of all of the efforts that women are putting into the communities to do panels and Mm. to do workshops and you know women empowerment and and all of that stuff and and kind of like 
promoting and lifting each other up and becoming a network and a resource. Um, I know that, you know, like in a, on a corporate level, men do a lot of those meetups and things like that. But I don't know if on the entrepreneurial level um, that there's like a lot of spaces like that for men to be like vulnerable um, about failure, like you're talking about, or like their right. challenges and things like that. Whereas women like are talk talking all day long, there's IG lives and panels and this and that. So, right. Right. No, you're definitely right about that. I have noticed that. And I was actually saying that to myself. It just seems like there's so much more collaboration amongst women particularly women of color, particularly even more black women when it comes to entrepreneurship and, you know, personal uh, endeavors. Uh, whereas with the men, it doesn't seem like uh, with black men specifically, it doesn't seem like there's that much. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's on us. And I'll, I, I, I suspect that things will change. Um, but getting into the final question, which is really a two part question, which most of them are. Um, what has been the best lesson you believe you have learned from failing thus far? Um, just the lessons that it gave me and the preparation it's given me for what my ultimate goals and my ultimate dreams are. Um, I think as you go through the failures and stuff, you want to skip it. Mm -hmm. But they have informed so much of my decision making process. Now, I don't think I would be the same person without them. So I mm -hmm. think, you know, just just going back to my younger self, I wouldn't I would never tell her to change course or to skip over something or, you know, not make that mistake. I would just remind and encourage her that it's happening, you know, for a reason and it's teaching you something and to accept those lessons, learn from them because it's preparing you for where you where you dream of, of reaching. Um, yeah, absolutely. No, that's dope. So seeing failure as a reason or preparation for the greater good or for whatever that goal that you're, you're aspiring to achieve, which all makes sense. Cause one of my favorite words in, in the human or the English language, excuse me, is perspective. And I think you just offered a very valid perspective is how you look at failure. Right. So it's like the difference between an optimist and a pessimist, right? An optimist sees a failure as the event, whereas a pessimist sees the failure as them, right? So those are two slight differences, but they have a huge impact on how you perceive your situation. Um, but Raina, I, I know you're doing big things out there. So if people want to get in contact with you, um, where's the best way to reach you? How's the best way to reach you? Is there anything uh, that you want to promote as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think my Instagram is the best place to keep up to date on what I'm doing, what new projects um, are there to see my work, to, you know, cop a print if you like. Um, so that's at Reina Noriega underscore. Um, and from there, of course, it links to my website, ReinaNoriega.com and anything else that, that I have going on. Awesome. Well, Reina, thank you so much for your time and for blessing us with your, your wisdom and your presence. And guys, as I always like to end with, um, if you want to impress people, uh, talk about your wins, your successes, your achievements, things like that, if you want to really impress people. But if you want to have an impact on somebody's life, uh, talk about your failures or the, the lessons you learn from those failures or experiences. That's how you really move the needle in someone else's life. So with that being said, uh, Raina and I are out. Thank you guys for tuning in. Peace and love. To the next time. Oh.